My name is Mike Murley, and welcome to WPKN's Mic Check, coming to you here on WPKN Independent Community Radio every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. I want to say welcome to everyone listening at 89.5 FM on the radio at this time, as well as everyone streaming live or tuning into our podcast at WPKN.org. Each week on Mic Check, one of our hosts examines global, national, and regional issues and their effect on our local community right here in Connecticut. And so tonight we will be looking at a crisis happening far away, and its local impact right here in the state of Connecticut. We'll be doing just that. We're going to be looking at the humanitarian crisis that has been unfolding in Sudan. I am honored this evening to be joined for this discussion by Dr. Fawata Mohamed Abu, who works as an assistant professor at Yukon Health and as an epidemiologist in the Yale New Haven Health System. Dr. Abu is a resident of New London, Connecticut, and a member of Connecticut's large and vibrant Sudanese-American community. Dr. Abu, welcome to Mic Check. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to be in conversation with you, and I want to say thank you so much for joining me tonight for this very uh, urgent conversation. You know, I I want to say as well, of course, assalamu alaikum to you, Dr. Abu. Wa alaikum assalam. Thank you so much for, like I said, for joining me. And I want to say as well that it's an honor to get to speak to you tonight about this this important topic. And I'm grateful to be able to have the conversation and to begin this discussion. But before we begin, I want to say that I hope your loved ones are safe at this time in Sudan. And to, to begin the discussion, I wanted to say, Dr. Abu, uh, you know, for a little over a month now, since around April 15th, there has been violent conflict that erupted between Sudan's military and a rival paramilitary faction known as the Rapid Support Forces or the RSF. And so, Dr. Abu, mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could if you could take some time and please first do let me know how your your loved ones, your family are are doing in Sudan. Um, and I was wondering if you could provide some context as well on the on this crisis that's unfolding in Sudan right now. Thank you so much. Um, First of all, thank you for asking about my family and my loved ones. Uh, most of my family um, fled the country. Some of them already outside Sudan now. Some of them are uh, at the borders and uh, or on the roads fleeing the city of Khartoum. And I have also many family members who are still in the city of Khartoum and suffering from all of what is happening there. So uh, I hope they, they are all... Um, going to be safe and just pass this difficult time um, without any damages and and a lot of harm. We know that many people uh, lost their lives, many people, thousands or uh, tens of thousands of people were injured and they were killed, uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of people uh, left their homes and now they are displaced somewhere in the neighboring countries or even uh, in the other areas of Sudan that's beyond Khartoum state. And I just want to mention about a little bit of a background. Uh, Sudan is a country in northern Africa who, it's a beautiful country. First of all, I would like to say that people of Sudan are very kind and nice people. But uh, we we are not lucky with our uh, governmental structure. So since uh, Sudan gained its independence uh, from uh, UK. It was a, a British colony in the early 19th century, and uh, in the uh, in the early 1950s, Sudan gained its independence. But however, 
it was tough, uh, it was uh, uh, ruled by multiple military regimes and dictatorships. And the last one was the Omar al-Bashir regime that was taken down by a youth-led revolution in 2019. Uh, the country was under the rule of Omar al-Bashir for 30 years prior to that. But however, while we were all so much optimistic about the revolution and we still do believe in the youth and all the, the changes they were looking for, a lot of unrest, political unrest and conflicts were happening starting 2019 until today. And this, the end result was this civil, this uh, military conflict that happened in Sudan that you just described between the, the Sudan military structure and also the rapid support force. Uh, uh, RSA. They are actually a militia that was adopted by the previous regime and uh, now it's fighting our own uh, military structure. And now the country is, uh, is suffering from it. A lot of violence. Uh, it happens in the middle of the city of Khartoum, which is the capital. Many civilians lost their lives, their properties, or many injured, many are displaced. So I think uh, it's a lot to cover in, uh, in a short period of time, but I just try to uh, give a, a, a broad overview. And why is it important to us here in Connecticut or in the U.S.? There are so many Sudanese Americans live in the country. They are, it's really hard to identify or to measure like how big is the community of Sudanese Americans because of our data collection tools. They don't capture subpopulations like this, but we could be uh, counted under uh, the black or African-American category and other uh, categories as well. But we are a lot. And uh, based on what's happening now or the responses that are happening from Sudanese Americans across the nation, you will understand uh, how big or how uh, robust is the movement within our community in the U.S. Thank you so much for sharing all of that, Dr. Abu, uh, you know, including the, the history, the background, the context for this, this crisis that's happening right now. And, and thank you as well for naming the connection to folks living here in the U.S. and, and right here in Connecticut. Um, in terms of there being a large Sudanese American community all across this country, who, mm-hmm. who, who I'm sure um, many, if not all, the the families have loved ones still in Sudan right now, and so, like you said, mm-hmm. it is urgent. And so, on that note, I was wondering if you could speak a little bit more, Dr. Abu, about what the everyday people in Sudan are currently facing as we speak tonight. I know reports from the country have the current death toll at 850 people. And I'm sure that's mm-hmm. even maybe just an estimate. But I was wondering mm-hmm. if, in addition to the violence in the streets, if you could talk about the additional ways in which daily life for individuals and families in Sudan has been and continues to be affected by this conflict. Absolutely, absolutely. What's happening now in Sudan is a humanitarian crisis. That's exactly what's happening. People are uh, losing their lives uh, due to the uh, the the. the uh, the armed forces or the rapid support forces uh, acts, and uh, so they, there are people who have been killed and people being killed uh, every day. Uh, the, the estimates are they are definitely going to be underestimates because it's hard to find information. So data collection or gathering of information is an issue right now. However, from uh, uh, 
reports via social media or from a specific communication channel, channels with people who are in the country now, we know that there are many injured. Uh, the, 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 the most serious thing is that the healthcare infrastructure in Sudan is it's already a weak infrastructure. So the hospitals, the urgent care is not very well equipped to receive uh, this uh, much uh, casualties and injuries at this difficult time. And still after that, it's hard for healthcare providers to do their job because uh, people, uh, these people who are fighting with their guns and with their military equipment, they are occupying hospitals and preventing healthcare providers from doing their work. Another factor is that many, many healthcare providers lost their life or being trapped somewhere because it's unsafe for them to travel from their homes to their workplaces. Many uh, hospitals, they just call for people, call for help because they are losing staff and they are very much in um, uh, shortage of staff. Besides that, the other issue here is that because of the lack of safety, many um, women in particular were subjected to uh, sexual violence or, uh, or, or sexual harassment by those who could be part of the rapid uh, support forces or some from people who are, we don't, we, it's difficult to identify who is doing this act mostly. It is this militia personnel, but women have been um, uh, victims of sexual violence during these times, and there are many cases reported. Also, uh, the other aspect, which is the, the, the day-to-day life needs, like food and electricity, and people are finding hardship just getting to, uh, enough food or enough uh, resources for them to maintain their day daily life. Uh, many areas lost electricity, many areas lost, uh, like, uh, telecommunications for us it we we just wait until there is a signal so we hear from our loved ones in sudan and it's very stressful it's extremely stressful for us here when we don't know what's happening there for people we know and people we we are very much care caring about their safety so it's a lot there are many many issues another issue i want to bring up is uh, uh, the health of everybody because of this in war zones or uh, uh, conflict zones, they are usually infectious disease come. Like now, we are expecting as physicians, so my, bra- my background is a physician, uh, is a, in medical care, so I, uh, I know that there will be outbreaks of infectious diseases due to uh, like dead bodies uh, in, uh, outside, not being uh, maintained or taken care of. There are uh, water breakage. There are a lot of things, burning of factories, burning of uh, uh, cities, uh, like uh, buildings. And uh, there are a lot of contamination happening right now. And you you as a physician or as a healthcare provider, you will expect infectious diseases or also a lot of health hazards to people who are still there in the area. So there are so many uh, issues that are really... um, needs they all need urgent uh intervention and urgent uh responses from everybody that's extremely heartbreaking and and devastating mm-hmm. what is happening mm-hmm. in in sudan right now and and just to to hear that to hear you know what you're saying and, and describing the the situation it's that's horrifying and mm-hmm. 
So I, you know, I can't imagine what, you know, the worries and the stress, like you said, the stress that you, your, that your family, that other families here in Connecticut are, you know, are dealing with and navigating right now in terms of wanting and trying to make sure that your loved ones are okay and, and just mm-hmm, being worried absolutely. about your, or your country and, and your, your family, especially, obviously, of course, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, so I can't imagine that, you know, I can't imagine what you're all going through. And I, you know, thank you for, for naming all of that. And I was wondering if you could mm-hmm. talk a little bit about what folks in, in Connecticut, in, in the Sudanese American community here in Connecticut, which I know is, is, is a large community, what mm-hmm. different individuals and families have, you know, are, are feeling right now and, uh, and have expressed to you Many, uh, everyone I know is actually doing the same thing that I'm doing, checking on their family and their loved ones on a regular basis, on a, like every few minutes. If if you are working or if you are uh, shopping, if you are anywhere, you will always on the phone, check on to see what's happening. Also, there is a lot of information in the social media. Most of it is correct. There are some of some information that's not correct. But anyway, it could be the only uh, way to know what's happening the direct contact with family members. So everybody is worried. Everybody is trying to do something. Uh, but uh, the first level of intervention is uh, is being done uh, on an individual basis. All people here are helping their family members, their friends, their neighbors in the home country, whether they are sending money, whether they are trying to help them with navigating the ways to get out of the country, or if there are any resources, especially for uh, medical help or medical care. Many people, especially who are having um, chronic diseases or they rely on healthcare to live, they lost resources. So people here from here keep sending them what is in the, on the social media that they might not know, they might not be aware of. So they just keep sending them information, the least that, they, that we could do here. So whatever effort is being done uh, in the state of Connecticut, it's, what I know is that it's been done uh, on an individual basis. Uh, many people also in Connecticut who are Sudanese Americans are part of larger groups or organizations across the U.S. that are representing uh, our large community. Uh, myself, personally, I'm a member of the, an organization called um, SAUDA, Sudanese uh, American Women Doctors Association. I'm in the executive committee of this. Uh, organization. So we are women doctors, uh, natives of Sudan, live in multiple states in the U.S. We are trying to help by anything, whether fundraising, uh, providing resources, uh, training, things like that. There are, there is uh, a larger organization called SAPA, Sudanese American Physicians Association. SAPA is doing great job, specifically for fundraising, and on their website there is a link for people to go and donate money because they send medications, they send food supplies, they send uh, shelter supplies, and they work with other uh, uh, global organizations as well to support people in Sudan. So in cases like that, the least you can do is just send money uh, via their fundraising uh, uh, link. Uh, Other things also, and I call here through your platform, in this platform, I call for all medical uh, providers who are willing to provide help and support to just join forces with all of these groups that are providing at least training to the healthcare providers uh, uh, on, in Sudan who are on the spot 
dealing with casualties. They might lack training. They provide virtual training or, or advice from uh, Sudanese-American doctors across the nation. You, you don't need to be a Sudanese native to help and support if, you, if anyone would like to provide, to join this uh, virtual advisory or advices or uh, clinical uh, trainings to provide us there. That's also a great help. There is also um, training to uh, be, that being done by a, a very excellent organization called SUDRU. It's an American organization that provides support to Sudan, and they have a group in Sudan that called CMRT, Community Medical Response Team. This is uh, an emergency response team that usually uh, started during COVID, but usually provides support in crisis time. And I know that they are doing now training in collaboration with the WHO, the World Health Organization, to, to support the providers in Sudan and to give them training on how to deal with infectious diseases that they just uh, start in such conditions and such situations. Uh, they are doing this training to healthcare providers virtually, so anyone could join. This is an open invitation to anybody who would like to, to support the people who are now really uh, uh, dealing with a tough situation and having a very, a very difficult time of their lives. And I would like to thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about this and also to share, uh, to raise awareness about what's happening there. People might hear the news uh, in, on the media, but they might know all the complexities and uh, the, 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 um, what's actually happening there. Because there are many, many other things that people could be, it could be underreported in the media. I know the New York Times covered this subject with uh, at least one article, but we need more awareness across the U.S. about what's happening now in Sudan. Thank you so much. And on that note, Dr. Abu, could you, could you again name a, a couple trusted news sources and media that, that you would recommend for folks to learn more about the humanitarian crisis that is unfolding in Sudan right now? I know about the New York article because it provided context about uh, the humanitarian crisis that's happening there. And that I, 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 I um, so as you said, I'm a system professor at UConn. I'm also um, part of this, glo- uh, this national organization. I receive newsletters from uh, medical organizations and one of them is John Hopkins. And John Hopkins provided this in one of their uh, newsletters, I think a couple of days ago, talking about specifically the sexual violence against women that's happening now in Sudan. And they provided uh, information. They, they referenced a New York, uh, the New York Times article. And they also referenced other resources I'm not recalling now. But I know that if you go uh, uh, and research uh, the New York Times, you will find that article definitely. I also recommend that people um, um, look at uh, the CNN website. I'm pretty sure they covered part of what's happening now, especially the part when evacuation of uh, Sudanese Americans from Sudan or American citizens from Sudan, that raised attention because the evacuation was done via uh, military, U.S. military involvement, and it was uh, a series of attempts to evacuate people from there, but unfortunately they couldn't evacuate everybody. They 
I think maybe only 10% of Sudanese Americans were evacuated via the governmental efforts. All the, the rest were, they came through their individual efforts, their, their family, their loved ones here who helped them. Or there are, uh, there could be people who are still stuck there. I don't know. I'm not sure about that, but it's a possibility. We have just a few minutes left. And so I want you to have the last word on the show as well tonight. Mm-hmm. So um, again, for everyone listening, my name is Mike Merlin. This has been Mike Check. And up next mm-hmm. will be the Rolf Nader Radio Hour at 6 p.m. And that'll be followed, of course, by Cool Blues and Rare Records with Al Bell right here on WPKN. And mm-hmm. so Dr. Fawata Mohammed Abu, uh, Assistant Professor at Yukon Health, Epidemiologist in the Yellow New Haven Health System, and member of Connecticut's Sudanese American community. You know, I wanted to say thank you again for joining me tonight. And I wanted to, to just kind of allow you to have the, the last word tonight. And so I was wondering if you could speak first about what solidarity means to you, and then what would be your your wish, your dream, your dua, your prayer for for Sudan. And thank you, thank Absolutely. you again. Absolutely. First of all, I thank you so much for this opportunity. I think it's needed that we provide uh, awareness about uh, uh, what's happening now in, in my native country, Sudan. And I, to me, solidarity means a lot of things. First of all, that we all stand stand up for each other and stand by each other and support each other. And what's happening now in Sudan, it, it's a, a, the country in Northern Africa. Many people in the U.S. might never heard of it, of it before, but there are many, many Sudanese Americans, uh, thousands of here in Connecticut, hundreds of thousands are all over the U.S. Uh, we all... Um, support the people of Sudan. We join forces and mobilize, mobilize uh, our resources, whether intellectual resources or money or any kind of resources that we have. We are now trying to support the people, the innocent civilians in Sudan who are suffering from what's happening here. Uh, I, I just want to highlight that globally, the Sudanese uh, natives across the world, like globally, they are joining forces. I had seen many um, organizations, nonprofit organizations, community groups, uh, community members from all countries. They try to work with each other to support people in Sudan. I also have seen people here in the U.S. from all of the states join forces, whether in these organizations I mentioned, or just on an individual basis, they hear what is happening, where they can help, where they can support, and they go for it. Uh, there were was at least two rallies in front of the White House in the past three weeks uh, or four weeks. The Sudanese American community members from all the U.S. came and traveled and went to Washington, D.C., to raise awareness, to say no to the war. Their, their, their logo or their motto was no to the war in Sudan, regardless of um, um, what, is, what, what the details are there. People are not taking sides. They are just calling for stopping the war, stop the war in Sudan. So that's my wish that I will close with. I want this, the war in Sudan to stop, the, the conflict to stop. I want the people in Sudan to uh, get the opportunities they deserve. 
the, uh, the, 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 the prosperity in life, the improvement and advancement in life, and, that's, uh, and the, the human rights that, are everybody, that everybody is enjoying elsewhere. I want people in Sudan to enjoy your right to health care, your right to food, your right to shelter, your right to safety. I wish if this could be provided in Sudan, and I wish, I call for everyone, everyone who is here, who care about human beings, who can lend a hand to help folks there, please do so. So thank you so much again for the opportunity.